hey, I want you to lean into this. Have you ever asked questions like, why am I going through this? What if this never gets better? Does God really care about me? Well, listen, when life falls apart, it's real easy to feel alone and slip into despair, disillusioned with God, hopeless about the future and doubting your faith. Listen, I want to tell you about a resource because y'all know how I am. I believe that God is our ultimate source, but we got to tap into resources to help us get through this crazy, broken, imperfect world and life that we live. I want to encourage you to check out this new seven session study called Desperate for Hope, Questions We Ask God in Suffering, Loss, and Longing. It's written by my girl, Vanita Reisner. Vanita tackles the hard questions and offers a scriptural framework to help you find hope in your pain. And y'all know, I feel like there's hope in pain. Trust me when I say she will be a gracious guide through this difficult topic, walking with you as you meet women in the Bible who suffered loss and sharing her own experience of longing and grief. In the end, after you finish all of the sessions, you'll find that the answers to your deepest questions can be found in the character, the goodness, and the sovereignty of God. To learn more about this seven-session Bible study, visit lifeway.com slash desperate for hope. Hey fam, welcome to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am your host, Tony Collier, and each series we lean into the stories of women and men that uncover their brokenness and practically show us all how they've rebuilt their lives with hope and grit. Come on, come on, come on. Hey, what's up, fam? I just, I want to be honest with y'all, man. This episode nearly took me out. I'm recording this intro after, right after the episode that we just recorded with Amanda Pittman. And I just cried so hard, y'all, because I've just seen the goodness of God and the transformative power of the Holy Spirit in Amanda's life and in her story. And she just she's just different. She says it on the podcast. She talks about how just God changed her. She went from this woman that was insecure and allowed insecurity to take away her calling to a woman that is standing so boldly and so confidently in God and in what he's called her to do. Y'all, you're going to cry. You're going to feel like you can run through a freaking wall when you listen to this episode, this, I I say it all the time, but I'm not kidding y'all. Like you really do have to share these things there. Don't keep this to yourself. There are other people that need to hear what God is doing in his people. He's not forgotten about his sheep. He is contending for his sheep. Amanda said, and I just, I don't, I don't want anyone to miss that. I, I really do pray that you share this episode as much as you can text it post it repost it check it out well hello family and friends i gotta say i'm pretty fired up about this episode i got my power suit on okay and i just want to tell you whether you're listening or watching that you need to strap in okay you need to strap in because this is about to be a power punch episode because i've got my girl amanda pittman I have the chills. See, just now I just got the chills. I can't even, I'm (laughs) controlling myself because I've gotten the privilege to just know Amanda over these last couple of years. And when I tell you she is the embodiment of her message of confidence, it's kind of crazy a little bit to watch Mm -hmm. someone 
say, I'm moving states, I'm picking up my family, I'm launching this thing. I mean, Amanda was doing reels when reels wasn't even popping because she had <laughs> things to say to tell people, you know, to boost their confidence. And so that's why I just say strap in because we're about to blaze you with some hot fire confidence. And I feel like today you're going to probably want to run through a wall. That's what's going to happen after you listen to this episode. So that's what's about to go down. Don't say I didn't warn you. It is what it is. You guys know we are in a season right now where we're talking about becoming more whole. And I just don't think that we can become more whole without the grit and confidence that we need. Godly grit, godly confidence to actually pursue this world because everybody is crazy. Mm -hmm. All the people just ratchet. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the world is broken. Y'all know it. Um, and so, Amanda, let me just first and foremost just ask you, girl, how are you doing today? Where do we find you? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. I'm in a very peaceful state right now. Today is one of those days where I feel like I had time to reset. Like this was the only thing on my schedule today. So oh, it's good. a very beautiful, just open morning for me to hear from the Lord and just like set a new peaceful environment in my home, which is like really great because sometimes you really need a reset. Uh, yesterday I was telling my husband, tomorrow's my reset day. Oh. So, and it's been that it's been Come beautiful. On. We find you at peace. Praise the actual Lord. All right, Amanda, we're going to dive in because we don't do a whole bunch of fluff here, but one of the, thing, the things that we read on you um, is something that you said. You said, my life's mission is to help women establish their confidence in Christ. And I think it just takes confidence in general to have a life's mission that you know, that you can voice, that you're aware of. Talk to me about that mission. How do you know that's from the Lord? How did you, I mean, why does it break your heart? Why does it um, wake you up every day to say, yeah. I know what I'm supposed to do and this is it? Yeah. Well, the reason why it's important to me is because if the enemy can take away your confidence, he'll keep you from your calling. <laughs> I tried to tell you. You're not going to be able to walk in your calling if you're lacking confidence. And there's so many women within the body of Christ who are not stepping up to the front lines mm. and they aren't in the game yep. simply because they don't believe they're worthy. They don't believe they're capable. They don't mm. believe they are who God says they are. Yeah. And um, I know that that was a case for me for such a long time. And uh, whenever I think about the ways that God has been able to use me, it's like, I don't even recognize myself anymore. And I, I just remember where I used to be, you know, like this is a, a stark difference. Like I remember scrolling back on my old Facebook statuses and there was one status in particular from 2011 mm. and it said I feel like my insecurities get in the way of everything in my life oh my goodness and that was a reality it got in the way of everything it got in the way of my relationships it got in the way of my confidence and it got in the way of my calling come on and so um I understand that insecurities mm. they keep us from not only God's best for us in receiving but also God's best for us in giving and we, we get from God in order to give back. And so many women, um, myself included, yeah. have been in a state of sitting on the sidelines. And so that's why it's so important to me because God did change my life mm. legitimately. Like I, I've lived this. He changed my life. I'm not even, I'm not even the same person anymore. And so when you encounter such a change yeah. from insecure to confident, from death to, from, from dead to alive, uh, you just, I, it gave me such a sense of conviction and moral responsibility. I, I feel as if, if I don't share what God has given me, there yeah. are lives at stake, which is 
quite literally true. Amanda, I <laughs> I have to get through this interview, and I am. But that is a very, very special place to be in. I I can imagine what it feels like to like be on fire for something, but to feel a righteous conviction that if you aren't on fire, like other people will suffer is like, that is special. And that makes me really excited for this conversation. It makes me really excited for the woman that I bet just heard what you said and and is just like shaken up a little bit. Like I, I'm believing right now that even through what you just said, someone's like perked up, God's given them a holy nudge and they're like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be yeah. listening to this right now. I'm supposed to be watching this right now. This episode is for me. I've got something on the inside of me that needs to come out. So I'm just excited and I just want to say that. And I love the sidelines part because I, I read in one of your quotes, you said um, you weren't designed to sit on the sidelines. What do you mm-hmm. say to the woman right now who's like she's coming to the conversation very skeptical and she's like, I don't know if that's true about me. What truth can you give to her right now? Hmm. I would say that you have the same access to God as the people that you look up to. I think that for a long time, I I saw people on stage. I saw the preachers. I saw the teachers. I Mm. saw even prophets. And I thought to myself, I'll never have that kind of access. And I didn't think it consciously, but it was a subconscious state of living. I thought to myself, well, maybe, maybe I can hear something from them. There's something I can glean from them that Mm. would give me what I need. Uh, But what I found was that I had full access to God, right? As I was, and it's Mm. written in scripture. Like we do not have a spirit of slavery, but we have the spirit of adoption through which we call out Abba father. Mm -hmm. And the veil has been torn. There is no separation between Mm -hmm. us and God. We're one with him and we have access to him. And, and, and he's a great high priest. Yes. But it's, he's one that isn't unable to sympathize with our weaknesses and sympathize Mm -hmm. with our temptations. He's been where we've been. He's walked in our shoes and he knows what it's like to be wrapped in flesh. He understands how how much of a restriction our flesh can be. And in that we can approach him and say, Lord, you've been where I've been. You know how I feel. Not only can you sympathize, but you can also empathize. And so when I approach you, I'm I'm not just approaching a, a Lord who's distant yep. and a, a Lord who who sees me as a slave and mm-hmm. only commands me around, but I'm approaching a father and I'm approaching mm. a savior who has walked where I have walked and, yeah. and who can empathize with where I'm at and who also can give me a very present hope through the Holy spirit. Mm. It's not as if we have no hope, we have access to the Holy spirit by the Holy spirit. And so um, I just found once I actually believed that once I actually believed you know, the, the people that I look up to, they have the same access to God that I do. It really changed the way I show up in the mm. world. And I believe that the more we internalize this truth that I have direct access to God, yeah. then we'll live as if it's true. Goodness gracious. Well, you heard it here, folks, in the Still Coloring Podcast. Let me ask you this. Um, what are the enemies to us standing in confidence that we need to be on high alert for? <laughs> Well, there are a lot of them. Okay. Um, 
There are, there are a lot of them. <laughs> I'll first say this, uh, a lack of clarity. A lack mm. of clarity is a big one. You need clarity to walk in confidence. Confusion will lead to insecurity. Clarity leads to confidence. And so if you don't know who you are, you won't know what to do. Oh my but gosh. If, if you know who you are, you know what to do. It's, it's, it's quite simply that. So you need to embrace your God-given identity, meaning you don't have to look to the world to define you. Look to the word. Also, you need to define your God-given design. Because if you don't know how God has designed you uniquely, yeah. you'll feel this urge and pull and temptation to either imitate or walk in someone else's shoes. And that will only make you feel insecure because you're never going to be able to walk in someone else's anointing. And so being able to embrace your identity and define your design will give you the clarity you need to walk in confidence. So there are many, but the first primary foundational one is you need clarity about who you are. Okay, I'm just going to, I want to go practical, Patty, for a second. You have something called the confidence quiz. Can you unpack that for us really quickly? Because I feel like people do, this is what I like about you, Amanda, and I always have, I loved it about you, is that you are obviously so skilled as a Bible teacher and your words are just eloquent, but you also have some practical to what you're saying. Talk to us about the confidence quiz. How do people find it so that they can get to the clarity? Yes. Okay. So the confidence quiz is a quiz that I created for women to actually indicate which component of confidence they need to grow in mm -hmm. so that they can walk confidently in their calling. Yep. Um, and so in my book, I talk about the four components of confidence, which are clarity, connection, competency, and conviction. And so these four component, these four components, whenever you establish them in Christ, will build the confidence you need to walk in your calling. Wow. And so when you take this quiz, based on the answers that you give, it'll help to indicate which four of those you need. So somebody who, um, let's say, is lacking in conviction, maybe they already know who they are. They already know how God has designed them. That's they already have the right people around them, the right resources. Um, they hear from the Lord. And uh, they've really sharpened their gifts and grown in healing and mind renewal, but they're still stuck in their comfort zone. They have not gotten a revelation of their God-given responsibility. Yeah. They have not give, get in, they have not gotten a revelation of the reality that one day they'll stand before Christ and have to give an account. Mm. And so they're stuck in their comfort zone because they're just living their lives maybe to consume or to um, make themselves feel better, but not necessarily for the mm. betterment of their brothers and sisters or even for God himself. And so that's an example of you know, somebody who's really strong in clarity, connection, and competency, but maybe they're lacking in conviction. Y'all sinning um, out so. here. Let me just tell it to the people because that y'all, look at here. I'm going to say it to you. Y'all out here sinning, okay? You got everything <laughs> that you, you have everything that God has designed and purposed you with, and sin is blocking your pathway. So mm. I'm just saying, you ain't got no conviction, and you need to have some conviction out here. All right, I'm yeah. just going to say it for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot like the church of Laodicea in, in Revelation 3. When mm -hmm. you look at the church of Laodicea, God said to them, it, it's the popular one that says, you're neither hot nor cold, so I spit you out of your of my mouth. Yep. And then it said, so turn from your indifference. Mm. God said, turn from your indifference. So with this church, the church of Laodicea, uh, they had become so comfortable in their riches. They had been comfortable in all of their needs being met, but it led to an indifference. They had mm. lost their zeal. They had lost their conviction. And so this is an example of like their, the sin that they were walking in wasn't some sort of crime, but it was comfort. 
their comfort was a thing that was robbing them of their conviction. Sometimes the greatest enemy of our conviction is our comfort. All of the times that I've gotten outside of my comfort zone, by the way, God has never called me to something that's within my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, surprise. But anytime, mm -hmm. yeah, anytime I've gotten outside of my comfort zone, it's actually birthed a new conviction because that's when you realize the stakes. Like for instance, um, I, last year I hosted my first in-person conference and it was crazy expensive and I was absolutely terrified. I had anxiety every day that uh -huh. I had to cast upon the Lord. It was just, um, it, it took every ounce of faith that I had. Yeah. But whenever I got there and it was dripping within the, with the anointing of the Lord Ooh. and the presence of God. And I saw women get mm. healed when I saw women got delivered and a friend that I invited personally gave her life to Christ. Oh, confident I myself, woman weekend. I remember that. I prayed for that weekend. Thank you. Yeah. And it's in times like those, I think to myself, man, wow. was it, was, was it worth the discomfort? A thousand times over. Okay. If I had to pay that price again, the price of that discomfort, the price of the literal money spent, mm. I would pay it again to guarantee that result. Mm. Many times we don't see who's on the other side. Yeah. And so, but I believe that if you saw the magnitude of every person you were called Come to reach, on. you wouldn't waste a second sitting Come on the on. sideline. I mean, it's what you said at the beginning of this, like sometimes your willingness to press into your confidence and figure out what God is calling you to lays in the balance of someone else's life their soul lays in the balance of your decision to say i'm putting insecurity down i'm putting all these other things down and i'm going to stand in confidence for what god has for me Hey, I just want to give a quick shout out to my people over at Pine Cove Summer Camps. They have been supporting the Still Coloring Podcast. And I mean, these guys have been in business, y'all, for over 50 years. They have so much experience when it comes to camp ministry. And let me tell you this, I got super excited, like super excited, because they finally brought their overnight youth camp to Georgia, the Springs. Pine Cove Springs is for kids, um, I think like third through the ninth grade. And what's exciting about that for our family is that our daughter Dylan is officially in the third grade. She's eight years old. She's a spunky little strong-willed girl and she is officially going to summer camp this summer at Pine Cove Springs. We are beyond excited. We are such big fans of the camp. The truth is the reason why we're big fans is because I've got an extroverted daughter who loves Jesus and she needs more environments, more people around her that love Jesus too, that are fun and engaging and safe because y'all know we are all about safe places and Pine Cove Camps offers really, really safe places. And then they have incredible counselors that aren't just like sitting on the sidelines being all weird, but they're engaging with the, the campers. And I, I can't wait for Dylan to get back and be like, I have a new best friend. I have a new mentor. I I have someone else in my life outside of you, mom, who's telling me that Christ is amazing and that I'm amazing and that he loves me very, very much. And I want to invite you to start a brand new tradition for your own children or your child at Pine Cove Springs this summer. So all you got to do is just go to pinecove.com. You can use my special code. It's Tony250, T-O-N-I-250 for two hundred and fifty dollars off for first time overnight youth camp registration for any of pine cove camp locations i hope maybe i don't know that we'll see each other there and we'll get excited about our kids going to camp yeah 
Hey fam, let me just remind you that my mission through this podcast is to help people find healing from brokenness. So I'm all about pointing you to resources that can help you take those steps. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about a 40-day devotional from Brittany Dixon called Thriving in the Thorns. Ooh, what a title, right? Thriving in the Thorns, Restoring Hope and Faith for women. As Jesus journeyed in the wilderness for 40 days, thriving in thorns will help you to journey through your own personal wilderness. Each day of the devotional utilizes like an inductive study of scripture, a perspective of hope and a reflective question for you to journal. In John 10, 10, Jesus says that he has come so that we may have life and have it in abundance, not a little bit, not a percentage, abundance. He came to save and restore humanity. Okay. What a beautiful grace-filled invitation we have because of Jesus. We are never without hope, no matter what wilderness we walk through. So learn more about the study, go on your own 40 day journey, visit courageousradiance.com slash thriving in the thorns. Here's what I want to transition to Amanda, because I do not feel like enough people talk about this. You said competency. Mm-hmm. Is that what I feel like you mean like yeah. you have a conviction yeah. from Christ, but like you are not competent in what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Can we talk about so that? It's, it, yes, absolutely. So it's, it's no secret that the more competent you are, the more confident you are. You actually have to get good at what you do. Now, if we were to go into every single area in which you can build a competency, like this would be a never ending book, you know, right. we're all made differently and uniquely. So if you can think about the the one competency or the few competencies that can affect any competency mm. within your walk with Christ, I would say it's this, healing and deliverance. Healing and deliverance. What do I mean by that? Yeah. If you haven't built a competency of actually bringing your pain to God, bringing oh. your trauma to God, bringing your open doors and your sensitivities to the Lord, then you're always going to be controlled by your triggers. Oh my you're gosh. controlled by these open doors, these open wounds. And so if you have the competency to say, oh, I feel triggered. Oh, I feel threatened. Okay, oh where's the open door? Holy Spirit, I let you into this place. Uproot, replace, renew. Healing if and you deliverance. Have the competency. Healing and deliverance. This is what it is. Healing and deliverance. Healing and deliverance. And it's a real thing. There's a very spiritual deliverance that takes place, but then there's also a practical one that takes place as well. Um, A lot of us forget that deliverance is also um, Mm. freeing ourselves of the bondage that's within our minds. So a lot of times when people say, I have a mental stronghold, a stronghold in your mind is something you you can think about it this way. There are beliefs that you have, and your beliefs can either be built on a truth or a lie. And so when you have a stronghold, you may have a foundation that's a lie, and everything that you build upon that, it builds a structure of lies. And so it wow. it forms like a stronghold. And so in order for you to actually uproot that and tear that down, you have to deal with every single one of these lies and then uproot it at the root and replace it with truth. That way you can have a firm foundation um, and that takes work. It, you actually have to literally renew your mind from from your beliefs to your thoughts, to your feelings, your words, your and actions, and then ultimately the feedback that you get from your life. It's an it's a continuous loop. Yeah. Um, and so if you're able to actually replace those things, you, you'll see that you actually live more in alignment with the abundant life that Jesus died to give you. Oh, 
I know that they, I, I just wish sometimes that I could sit in the room with our listeners and watchers because I know these suckers are screaming right now. Like, oh my goodness, there's like a man corner all over the place because Amanda, you are literally hitting what I have been praying for for this season. I'm like, the, the listeners, they were clear. They want information. They want truth about how they can become more whole humans in their mind, body, and spirit. They they want this. They're like, I'm ready to be closer to God. I'm ready to be confident in myself and in what God's put on the inside of me. Like, I want this. And I'm just like, it's the competency for healing and deliverance. And this foundation that you're talking about is essentially setting people up to wade through life. Yes. Because this is why we, we name this becoming more whole because there is more and less of it. Like we can become more whole and less whole. Like there's a yeah. there's a, a thermometer here that's happening while we're here on this earth, not with our father in our true wholeness. And I just I'm like, yes, I hope you all are writing notes. I hope you all are rewinding and listening to this because these are the tools that you really do need. And you're just putting words to it, Amanda, because I've been on this healing journey myself, healing and mending and delivering. Oh, my goodness, like all the different parts of my life. And if I didn't have that skill when something hard comes in the future, then I would just be set back like seven years. Mm -hmm. But having that skill is what allows me to keep going and yes. to even be confident in like, I'm not going to fail. Like, I'm not going to yes. get in a valley so deep that I won't be able to get out. But yes. I have this skill that I that God's put on the inside of me that I've refined. And I'm just like, I'm verbally processing here, guys, because if you don't get it, I need to get it for myself. OK, because that's what's happening. Yes. I'm yeah. so glad you called it a skill. It really yes. is a skill. Yes. It is. Because if you haven't built that skill, then you're always going to be dependent on someone else. You're going to be dependent on another preacher. You're going to be dependent on, I'll even say it, your therapist. Mm -hmm. You're going to be dependent. I believe in therapy. Yeah. However, there's a point where my therapist had to say, Amanda, uh -uh. you got to go. Like you're, you're done here. <laughs> you have graduated. <laughs> she told me that. You've graduated. She knew, and, yep. and, and I had, I was trying to hold on to her longer. And then the Lord gave me a revelation, Amanda, like you got what you needed from her. And now you have all of the tools. You have these tools. You don't have to be dependent on another human. Does that mean that we don't need people? No, we absolutely need people. Yep. And we need to be able to confide in others and, and have them process. Mm. Um, however, if we don't build this competency ourselves and build yeah. the skill ourselves, it will always leave us dependent. And I think that's, oh I didn't expect to go here, but let's go. I think it's Holy Spirit led. I think that's what keeps a lot of people in unhealthy church environments. Okay. Listen, I'm not. Okay. I just have to tell the people the Holy Spirit is here. I, I was literally about to say, I was about to transition to environments. It, because we could get so confident that we think that we are in complete control of our confidence and that our environments and the relationships don't impact it. But that's not hmm. true. And so go. Just you go there. Yes. So one of the things that I've heard is that unhealthy people, unhealthy environments will push out healthy people. And healthy environments will naturally push out unhealthy people. Of course, there'll be outliers, but that's generally how it works. Um, now, one thing that keeps people bound to these unhealthy environments is that they don't actually believe that they can prosper and flourish and develop independent of the leader or this environment. Yeah. And so um, uh, you, you see this a lot in, in spiritually abusive environments. So you'll see a leader or even an organization that, that perpetuates this idea that you need to be dependent on 
the wisdom of the leader Mm -hmm. in order for you to be whole, in order for you to thrive. Um, And so what happens is you'll always keep coming back to them but you'll never actually go directly to the source. You'll never actually go directly to God. That's why I say you need to understand you have direct access to God. Because uh, if you don't believe you have direct access to God, that's what gets you into these unhealthy environments. Oh my God. The thing is, uh, uh, unhealthy environments, they don't want you to be completely free. They just want you to be free enough. Free enough. Because if you're completely free, then you no longer need them. Dog it. They want you to be free enough but not so free that you no longer need them. However, I know that as a mentor, if you have outgrown me, I have done my job. If you can actually process through your feelings, process through your emotions, process through a spiritual atmosphere on your own, I have done my job. I'm not threatened by that. However, unhealthy leaders will think, "I, I, I I can't teach you how to fish. I'll just keep giving you fish. But, but I believe that we need to teach Amanda fish so that, Yes, you can still go to people, but you're not dependent on them. And it'll give you the confidence to continue walking, even if certain resources aren't available to you. So that's what I have to say. But I'm very curious what, oh, you, what you were thinking, Tony. I'm about to say it right now. I am about okay. to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to further quantify what you just said. I remember feeling like the Lord was telling me I was in my first church. I just gotten saved. Then I had a couple years in ministry and there was opportunities that started coming. And I remember I was like, man, I want to go teach here. I want to do this. Like people are asking me. I sat down with my former pastor and I started telling him about these things. And I'm thinking, okay, you're a mentor. You're going to be excited about what God's cultivating. There's this new thing that God's building up. I'm feeling like God's leading me there. And he says to me, well, you know, the way church works is that there's only one tree that can be planted in this house. I said, okay, Hmm. what do you mean by this? Yeah, because see, God's planted me here as the tree and you're a branch. And Hmm. so the higher I go, the higher you go. But if you break off, then one, you won't catch the anointing that's in this house. And two, oh, oh yeah, if you try to act as if you're a tree, see, this is what he said to me, which is not biologically correct. I'm not kidding. I'm literally sitting there in my naivety. And he said, if you try to act like a tree and you plant too close to me, you'll will kill each other, which is not true because trees actually strengthen each other. They do in the roots. I mean, just saying they do. That is like when people are saying I've been church hurt, there's spiritual abuse. Like, I just want to put some language to it. I want to put a story to it so that you understand what it looks like. It's not your pastor saying, hey, no, I don't have the capacity to meet with you. This is like real spiritual abuse that we're talking about here that I have personally experienced and been through. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the reason why that's important, the reason why you need to know that is because if you are in a spiritually abusive environment and you're literally forgetting the voice of God and trading it for the voice of a pastor or a person here on this earth, I think you're robbing yourself of the confidence. And I had to take some responsibility in that. Why was I choosing a man over a savior for Hmm. why? Yeah. Well, it's because I wasn't confident that I could go with an unseen God. I needed a seen physical man to, because I didn't have my own father in my life. Hello, somebody. Yeah. He wasn't present emotionally. And I, I needed this so that I can be confident in myself versus building my faith in an unseen God. Mm. And I just, I feel like we have to get this right if we are going to continue to have healthy churches, healthy leaders, like, yeah. oh my, whole healthy leaders get birthed from other whole healthy leaders. 
with yes. God. Yes. And if we're not underneath that, I'm t- I am came up out of that church situation, Amanda. I don't know about you and your story, but I came out so broken, so confused, so mm-hmm. lackluster in my faith because this man didn't believe in me. When I when all the while I had the belief of my creator in heaven. Okay. Yeah. I was sitting up here looking stupid. Yeah. And I didn't need to be. And mm-hmm. I just I wonder, Amanda, like, what do you say to the person that they're so crushed by what a leader said, what their mm-hmm. own father maybe said, what a what a person said to them, what a mentor said to them, that they can't get back up again. What do we tell them? <laughs> I'll tell a story. Um in a season when I had uh, left a church and uh, it was during COVID. Yep. So uh, the world was shut down. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like a spiritual nomad and I had heard so much rhetoric of you got to be covered. You got to be covered. I'd heard those things throughout the yep. years um, in order for you to be legitimized. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need to have a church home. Um, I have so much to say about that, but okay. <laughs> in that season, in that season, I was grappling with the Lord and wrestling with him. And um, he He took me to Psalm 23. And mm. I had learned this uh, a way of approaching the scripture of reading mm. it word by word very slowly until a specific word pops out. And then you meditate on that word and you pray to the Lord. So I did that with uh, Psalm 23. And that was for months. That's all I read. And so... Um, I didn't even get past the second word because <laughs> um, the, the first line of, of Psalm 23 is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This is crazy. So I said it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So, so even when I don't have a pastor, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm, Even in a time where I don't have a spiritual covering, the Lord is my shepherd. Even when I feel nomadic, even when I feel like I don't even have a spiritual place to lay my head, I, I don't even know what how to what to make of my pain. The Lord is my shepherd. Even when I want a shepherd, I shall not want. Why? He leads me beside green pastures. He leads me to still waters. He restores my soul. My pastor doesn't. He restores my soul. Mm. He leads me along the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so in that season, I really had to Mm. uh, break off the idolatry of man. I idolized church. I idolized people. And the Lord wanted me to see, Amanda, I am your good shepherd. And if you allow me to lead you i will not lead you astray and i needed that i needed Mm. that for every ounce in my every ounce of pain in my soul and he he met me there and i and i understood Mm. something in a new way that i never uh did before and so my advice to anybody who's who's dealing with that is i would say uh learn the lord as your shepherd Mm. it doesn't mean that you don't need people it doesn't mean that you don't need church it doesn't mean that you you go rogue but it does mean you get a revelation of your sonship or being a daughter of God or being a sheep before you get a revelation of uh, what a pastor says about you. Like Ooh. stop looking for man to affirm what God has already anointed. He created you. So put your faith and your trust in your creator. Hey 
Hey fam, here's a really cool thing that maybe many of you don't know about me. I got my master's degree in biblical and theological studies from Denver Seminary. I, for real y'all, waddled myself across the stage at eight months pregnant with my son Sammy after three years of going deep into the scripture and understanding God's word even more. I remember when I decided to go to seminary and I had been in years and years of ministry and being a mom and all the other things and I just felt the Lord say, hey, it's time to go deep, not wide with my word and with understanding who I am through my word. I love Denver Seminary, y'all. I mean, I'm like its biggest fan for real because for more than 70 years, Denver has prepared and sent thousands of graduates into the world. They've equipped people. They've challenged people both personally and educationally. They have a heart for the gospel and devotion to scholarly excellence. Like I can personally say this is all so true. Denver Seminary's community is represented by more than 50 denominations, y'all. And it's uniquely known for demonstrating steadfast dedication to the unchanging foundations of biblical faith. They offer several fully accredited degree options to students who are fully online or you can do some on-campus stuff or a blended delivery model. I mean, it's just really, really cool. And it's honestly only a snapshot of why so many people attend Denver Seminary. So here's what I want you to do. If you've ever thought about studying God's word more intently about going to seminary, I want you to head on over to denverseminary.edu slash coloring. All right, I'm gonna say that one more time for the people in the back. denverseminary.edu slash coloring. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And of course, like DM me, send me an email, ask me any questions about seminary. I got you. Oh, snap, y'all. I have such an exciting company to tell y'all about. It's called Go Rings and they do permanent jewelry, y'all. And I've even got like two permanent bracelets that I got from them already. Like I'm obsessed, okay? It's an everyday jewelry brand that gives forward to support missions and ministries. Their jewelry is long lasting. It's waterproof. It's tarnish free, hyperallergenic. It won't be turning your wrist green out here. Plus it's ethically made and real affordable too. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to gorings.com and use my code Tony, T-O-N-I, to buy two items. And guess what? Oh, this is going to get real good. You get one free. That's right. Buy two items, get one free. On the website, you can also learn more about Go Rings' partnership program. If you've got a mission or a cause that you're really passionate about, Go Rings would love to partner with you. And they even offer one month partnerships for people fundraising to go and do what God has called them to do. That could be a mission trip or an adoption, an unpaid internship. Or just to support like your favorite ministry. Go Rings partners drive sales for that one month and earn 30% of everything sold with their code. So grab yourself some jewelry. You'll never want to take off. I promise you. Go to GoRings.com. I know you'll love it. You know, I had another question. But I just feel like it's sideways energy to what you just said. That the generations need to hear like I just I think this is what it feels like to be like man I hope thousands and thousands hear this episode not for our glory not to I mean we have told our stories we have done great for ourselves that's not it because imagine the next generation of leaders of believers of church goers of members believing this and standing firm in it coming into churches and ministries and organizations from a place of wholeness and, and knowing from a place of knowing that God's already equipped them, that if Mm -hmm. he is their shepherd first, 
just how much more whole our churches would be, Lord Jesus. How many, honestly, how many leaders that should not be leaders in different places would just righteously step down because they're like, oh, these sheep already have a shepherd. Mm-hmm. I don't need to necessarily be that. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm honestly a sheep too, right? Like how many pastors and leaders would come to that revelation if we got this for ourselves? Mm-hmm. So I think I'm just going to end on asking you to pray for us because I just don't even think we need anything else. I think we all just need this week, if you're listening or watching, to go and read and meditate Psalm 23. Like that's what we need. How about that? Father, we thank you. Mm. We thank you that you are a firm foundation upon which we stand. We thank you that no matter what surrounds us, you uphold us, that you are the good shepherd and we are your sheep, that we know your voice and we hear your voice and we won't follow the voice of a stranger. We won't follow a hired hand. Mm. Father, may you break our idolatry to the fear of people. Break our idolatry to the fear of man, the opinions of people, the voice of any other person, the voice of a stranger, and may we have a fidelity to Mm. you. Thank you, Jesus. May we recognize our need for a shepherd because if we lead ourselves, we will go astray. May we not even idolize our own ideas, our own vain imaginations, but may we subject them to the truth of your word. Lead us and guide us in all truth. God, I pray that we would be fully dependent on your spirit and on your voice. And not in our own strength or our own ability. And so that ultimately we can say our confidence isn't in ourselves, but our confidence is fully in you. It's in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming, Amanda. Be blessed. Go get Standing (laughs) Confidence, the book by Amanda Pittman. Hey, I just want to thank you so much for listening to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am so absolutely grateful to hold the stories of brokenness that we get to share with you and the honor that it is to point you to both resources and ultimately to our source, Jesus Christ. If you can't get enough of the show, we'd love for you to leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts and spread the word. If you've got someone in your life who you think would benefit from this show, don't keep it from them. And if Instagram is your thing, I want you to meet me there at Tony J. Collier. I'm a little wild, so buckle up. We'll see you next time as we all lean into the stories that help us claim hope and grit over our own lives. See you soon. The Still Coloring Podcast is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. It's produced by me, Tony Collier, and edited by Lindsay Barnett. The music is by my sweet husband, Sam Collier, of A Greater Story Ministries and Story Church. The artwork, all of the graphics and the beautiful things that you see marketing the podcast is by Natalie Maxey of Nueva Creative. The show note illustrations, which you have to download on my site, are by Emily Mills of Sketch Academy. And I'm your host, Tony. And I want to remind you of this. You can heal and find hope and grit right in the middle of your valley. Love you.